What's up, everybody? I'm Andy Alessio. Welcome to the latest edition of the Back to Back Hip Hop Podcast. On Scott with me is Virginia and UK artist 909 Memphis. So how you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm just so thankful that we're talking, man. You, my friend, are hella, hella dope. Thank you. I appreciate it, bro. For real. Of course, man. So let's get right into it. I found a really meaningful retweet from Ray1991 on your Twitter that reads, Tune out the negative internal chatter. The absence of self-doubt makes a person powerful. I think of that retweet and then think of some of the recent things you've said, such as, come on, Memph, pull it together. And you got something good. Don't let that shit go. When I think of those tweets, I myself consider that to be negative internal chatter. So what has recently went on in the world of Memphis that has led you to think like that lately? Oh, shit. This is the coolest question i ever gotten in an interview. For some reason, lately, I've just been having some confidence issues, not through music, but just, like, I guess the relationships and, like, I've been going through a lot of bullshit, I guess, with, like, school and my parents and shit like that. It's so, like, I really catch myself some of the times, like, doing nothing and, like, thinking. So, like, my friend Dave Amigo told me that, like, if you do nothing, like, if someone sits around and does, like, nothing, I guess, and plots and everything, they call it, like, the devil's playground because, like, you start thinking of shit. You don't like, you overthink everything and that shit becomes negative as fuck and you start getting depressed and anxious and shit like that. So I'm gonna be straight up. Yeah, I've been feeling really, really fucking like sad lately. I don't really know why, but it's making me like make really good fucking music. So it's okay. Well, and the thing is, I mean, the music definitely shows from that standpoint in that I see those tweets as well as obviously the recent album release and Heartbreak Music. And like the one thing that I associated with that was obviously what you mentioned in love. And you feel that love is too simple for your complicated mind, right? Yeah. There's a lot of things, uh, like, I can't I can't lie to you. Like, I have a girlfriend, obviously. But um, sometimes I be making shit a lot more complicated than it needs to be because I relate a lot of things to my past. And then I relate a lot of things to my parents' relationship. And then, like, I'm a sensitive person. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, all my music's about love and, like, girls, I guess, right? So I like, I'm a sensitive guy and sometimes like I have a lot of female traits. I can't lie about it. Like sometimes I'd be insecure as fuck about things I should be confident in. Sometimes I'd be like tripping about shit that doesn't even fucking matter, you know? And like, I know those things are solid, but for some reason, like there's a part of me that just is like, nah, I don't know about it. I don't think being sensitive is a bad thing at all, man. I feel like, you know, as males, obviously being sensitive is looked down upon, but I really respect that you're willing to admit that. Yeah, but there's like, I'm going to be straight up, there's there's girls. Here's my thing, like that Ray1991 guy, I followed him for three years before I even started like really putting his like words to my life type shit. And like he always talks about how females don't fuck with guys who are insecure or carry female qualities you know what i'm saying i don't really get it though but like i believe that humans like whatever the fuck they go through like they're allowed to be a certain way because of those things so i try really hard to not like worry about the fact that i am sensitive and have a lot of fucking mental problems that i can't really deal with that well but i usually just pop an addy in it straight that make me stop thinking because a lot of my thinking comes from my adhd too I literally be thinking so fucking much. It's ridiculous, but 
I have a, I have a broken heart tied on my like stomach. So I said, it means a lot to me, the whole love. And like in my whole life, it's like emotions mean a lot to me and love means a lot to me because like I've been so up and down in it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it kind of makes me who I am. When I feel like too, because your parents, your parents are divorced, right? Yeah. So I feel like, I mean, seeing that firsthand obviously makes a love difficult in your life. It's definitely difficult because I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that like their relationship makes me think that everything else bad is going to happen. But I guess growing up in a really good home and then like as I go to college and then come back, everything's totally fucked up. And then as I went to college, I got finessed a couple times by people. It's like definitely hard to believe in something like that again, especially if I have a girl right now that holds it down for me. You know what I'm saying? Like I so get that, man. I mean, the things that are in the past help shape who we are. And for that reason alone, that's not easy to let go of. Especially in college, bro. I don't know. Just like the whole atmosphere of college and like how fucking annoying it is. Like, I fucking hate everybody I go to school with except for my girlfriend and some of my teammates I play soccer with. Why is that? I don't know. I just feel like everybody needs validation from somebody or something. Like I stand out of my school. Like Everybody in my school wears like Sperry's and shit. And like fucking duck boots and L.L. Bean Vineyard Vine shit. I fucking hate that shit. That shit can <laughs> that suck my dick when they wear that. I'd be pulling up to school with Air Force Ones, torn up jeans. I'd go into a business marketing like firm presentation and fucking Air Force Ones and torn up jeans and a polo hoodie. And people would be like, what the fuck? I don't even care though. I'd be getting A's and shit. I'm a smart kid. But people just are so judgmental where I go to school and shit. And I feel like nowadays everybody, especially fucking females, do anything to get like, they're just thirsty as shit. Like, I don't give a fuck if they're sexy. I don't give a fuck if they... Like, I just hate a girl that's needy. I hate that shit. I hate it. We could literally do a love podcast on the neediness of women if you wanted to another time. Yeah, I'm down. I'm fucking with it. <laughs> Dude, I, we so I'm, good. I'm so down to do that shit. I'm not even lying. Like, my girlfriend, the reason why I'm with her is because she's not needy. She's about her business, and she supports me and does my shit. You know what I'm saying? But... I don't know, yo. It's just girls going through college and shit, especially in a college atmosphere, yo. Girls are so fucking lame and annoying. To be honest, man, I'm surprised that you have a girlfriend solely because the music in this new project in particular makes it seem like you're still recovering from heartbreak. My thing is, like, I have I, I have her, and it's crazy because it's crazy. She be listening to my shit, and she's like, so who's this about? And who's this about? And who's that about? And because I love my girlfriend, obviously, bro, like I'm in love with her type shit. But I'm just saying, like, it's kind of hard for me because I've got to relate. I kind of started like that whole wave, the heartbreak wave, not like the heartbreak wave, but my music in terms of like my own wave is generalized around that shit. So like, even though my music may not be what I'm feeling in the moment, like if I say I get in like an argument with somebody else or like I'm just having doubts one day. I can just make a song about whatever I'm feeling. It doesn't have to relate to my relationship. It doesn't have to relate to anybody like my parents or some shit. But whatever I'm feeling, I kind of just spit out. What I like about you, man, is the fact that you're willing to admit that you're learning how to pick and choose what's really worth your energy. And obviously, I feel like love is totally worth your energy. I've been waiting for a girl like her. I can't even fake. I'm making like a sweet boy to all the listeners that are going to listen to this shit. But I can't lie. Like, you know, they always say like love happens naturally type shit. So, like, it was one of those things where I didn't force anything. It kind of just happened. So, it's whatever. It's lit. No, and that's how that's how it should be. But what's funny, too, I mean, here you are writing music about, you know, 
expressing your feelings and your just emotional state of being when you yourself admit that you were supposed to be a professional soccer player for Arsenal at this time in your life. <laughs> oh my god, where the fuck are you finding this shit? Uh, holy <laughs> fuck, yo, where the fuck are you finding this shit? Yeah, man, I played soccer my whole life. I still do. I'm in college. I played soccer. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. I was supposed to go pro. Remember, I, I was I was playing in college and shit. Not playing in college. I was playing club my whole life. And I was really like, I'm, I'm pretty fucking good. I can't lie. I'm, I'm a really good soccer player. And I'm pretty fast and I'm athletic and I'd be scoring hella goals, but I don't know. They went to, I guess college soccer kind of changed my perspective of how fun soccer was because when you go to college, like obviously when you play a club in high school, it's like you have a lot of time to take a break and get away and shit like that. But like when you play a sport in college, it's literally like a job. So it's really hard to enjoy it as much as you could when you're like take, taking breaks from it. But like your body gets worn down and the shit that I went through too, like with soccer, like I, I went through a lot of ups and downs and that pushed me to make music too. So music was my getaway from when I was fucking up in soccer. So it's lit, I guess now. But yeah. So what were the downs that ultimately led you to wanting to pursue more so music than the soccer aspect? I guess the fact that I was starting to like, go through shit i didn't really have an outlet for it besides soccer and then if i was like in a bad mood i'd take it to soccer and i'd end up fucking up and playing shitty but i just uh i don't know i didn't really see the creative side of my life until i was like 18 like i remember i, I started making music in high school when i was 16 and shit like messing around some boom bat beats but it was never that serious but I remember one day I woke up and I was like, it was winter break at school and I was still chilling and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to try and make a beat. So I made a beat and it was ass, but I, for some reason I couldn't stop. I got addicted to it. And then no one started rapping on my beats. And I was like, fuck that, I'm going to start rapping. And now I'm here, so fuck it, right? And not everyone, including Culture Bite, believes that you have the voice of an angel. I never thought <laughs> I'd have a voice like that. I mean, I don't know, dude. i just be using the fuck out of autotune. Like, if you think I can, like, sing like i can but it's not as good as you think you know but like i'm an auto-tune rapper so i don't really know what people expect and all this still goes down on the snowball mic yeah i'll right? be doing everything on the fucking snowball mic the reason why we're doing the snowball mic though is because that shit's easy to transport everywhere like i be getting 100k on songs of a fucking snowball mic and people be making so like spending so much bread on going to studios and buying a fucking interface and set up all that shit I remember uh, when New June dropped, I mean, I uh, got 100K, my first song. I was like, laugh my ass off. I just got 100K on my first song with a snowball mic. And people were like, back, like, they're going at me, bro. They were like, this is when I was young in the game, too, you know? This is like when I was like a thousand followers type shit. They're like, fuck you, man. Vanessa. Yeah, I went through a lot of bullshit, but it was cool, <laughs> I guess. My, I've learned how to mix my shit very well. And here's my, here's my thing for any rappers that, like, need advice on what equipment. I'm telling you right now, all you need is a usb mic a nice room to recording where no one is and really good mixing and you will not be left your pockets like empty by equipment because you really don't need a lot dude that is the best advice you could ever give i kid you not i'm talking to you right now through my skype on my computer through a usb mic that's like a hundred dollar setup yeah like i'm telling you right now like it's really not that expensive to go out buy a blue snowball like Go on YouTube, look how to mix your vocals through FL Studio and get what you want because it's not that hard to do. I don't know. It's pretty easy. Extremely easy. Yet, despite the early success from this album release, 
to people saying you have an angelic voice, you pondered quitting almost a year ago, right? I thought I thought about quitting. Why? Uh, I, I, damn, it's crazy. What the fuck? You going back years on my head? Basically, I got into some beef with some people, and like my confidence was blown. I was literally so blown. I didn't know what to do because I guess I was finally starting to come up in a way. I was starting to get to know more people. I mean, I was getting trolled. Some kid dropped a diss track on me, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And I was like, and it got a lot of attention just because, like, it's easy to make fun of a white boy who raps, bro. It's easy. Like, it's easy to do that shit. So people find it easy to target my ass, I guess. But I don't know. And then I was contemplating, I was focusing on soccer still and music. But I, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I moved away from music for a little bit, like a month or so. And then Abby, my producer, hit me up. He was like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? And so I got back on the mic and then I just been going hard. There's a summer, I think last summer, I told myself, I was like, I'm not going to let these like internet fake ass gangsters like tell me what the fuck I can do with my sound and shit. And like me and Abby got made fun of all the time for our music. Like I remember we started producing there like, yo, you guys make vacation type beats. Like y'all on some lame ass shit. Like it's plug, it's plug season. And I was like, God damn, man. So then after that, basically we just started fucking, fucking shit up. And then it was literally, I dropped in the summer, I dropped one song a week and then I, Moved from 2K followers to 3K. And then ever since I went back to school, I was at 3K. Now I'm almost at 6,000. So hopefully by like June, I'm at 10. So that's what I'm aiming for. And you just have to remember that those outrageous and stupid remarks aren't even worth your time. As hard as it can be to realize that in the moment. They've been doing that shit all the time, but I'll be real. I don't really. I've learned to ignore it. My friend Charlie Shuffer told me when I was going through that bullshit, he was telling me like, the internet is so big that you can even get a brand new audience. You ain't got to worry about nobody who just made fun of you and shit like that. And so, like, I guess I just, the right people started fucking with me when they saw me down, and the ones that stuck around me are putting me on now. So it's not like it all fell in the right shoes regardless. So I'm not even tripping. Well, and here you are a year later, firmly believing that you just released the project of the year, which I can't disagree with, solely because of how open and vulnerable you are about your life. That project took a while to put together. I made about like 90 songs in the span of making that shit. And then it was a bunch of me and Avi were originally going to put out another tape, but he had some shit going on. Like he just moved to LA and shit. And I was like, fuck, yo, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. Like, I don't know what, how I'm going to make music. Like, cause like every rapper has their first hand producer they reach out to, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, damn. But luckily like an artist and producer I managed Cash Bentley who lives like 15 minutes across the street from me was like, yo, man, like, that's work. And I was like, bet. And so he sent me some shit on some acoustic samples. And then for some reason, like, our chemistry just grew. So that's my little bro. So I'll be working with him now. I'll be working with Shiro, Ginseng. I'll be working with Abby a lot. I don't know. I think those are my uh, those are my four main producers right now who I really fuck with and who generally fuck with me as a person, too. And I, I think it's really, oh, and bass TJ, too. I think it's really easy for, like, artists to work with producers that generally fuck with them in an artistry way and like a personal friendly way as well because i know i'd be i'd be like facetiming abby like once a day and i'd be like hanging out with bentley every day i'd be texting shiro and i'd be texting chris a lot too so it's it's kind of cool when i feel like you starting out producing plays a role in that relationship too it's definitely a big deal and i think it's a really good way of how i can choose the right beats as well my made beats like my music now my vocals is pretty melodic I'm sure a lot of people, I'm sure that's what stands out to a lot of people. My melodies and my voice and shit. 
But when I was producing, um, a lot of my beats were very melodic and very cloudy because I would be obsessed with sounds and making shit just go around and around and around instead of being simple. And as a rapper, now I understand why people never rapped on my beats. And it was because, like, my beats were so melodic and they were so, like, cloudy and there's so much shit going on and it was hard for rappers to work around it. So that's why whenever I, like, collab with Abby now, I just I just put a pad down. I just put, like, two little leads, send it off them, do his thing, because that's how it would be. So the beats that you were making really weren't vacation beats. It was cool. My drums just sucked. I couldn't get my 808s in key. I didn't know how to mix. I don't know. I just wasn't a good producer. But, like, I always wanted to rap. And, like, I always ask myself, like, if I'm going to produce, like, am I really going to be the next Metro Boomin? Like, I don't think so. You know what I'm saying? Because... You're not, you don't really see a producer. You don't really like engage with him as much as you do with a rapper or like a pop star. So. so we both agree that you just put out an outstanding project, but the rumor is, is that you might be releasing another project this month. Here's my thing about a lot of rappers in the game. And I don't want to like, I'm not calling anybody out and shit, but there's like two things that a lot of labels like to see in my opinion. There's rappers that have a lot of music, a lot of quantity, like a good amount of quantity, like a good quantity of music. And then they have rappers that don't put out a lot of music, but whenever they put something out, it's hot, you know? But, like, I think I can be that one rapper that puts out hella music, and the quality's still going to be crazy good. So, like, why can't I blow up faster than everybody else? You feel me? I love that mentality, man. And that's so true, because there wasn't a song on this project that I didn't like. And I guess it's uh, it's harder for me to say that, because I'd be listening to my songs at least, like, a hundred times before I drop it. Like, but I get tired of that shit because I'm always, like, in the mood to make more. But like I said in my old interview with, like, Channel Alternative and BBC Radios, it was like, if you don't like your own music, then nobody else is going to like it because you set higher expectations for yourself. And fans of your music are always going to like your music just because you made it. But if you don't like your own music, then none of your uh, fans are going to like it. That's how I look at it, personally. So I mean, making sure I play my shit all the time. Well, and that's so true because of the fact alone that if you create something that you don't like and you release it to the world, your credibility goes down the drain immediately. For real, for real, for real. Dude, I'm so hyped I got to talk to you right before this upcoming project release. There's four songs that are definitely going to go on there right now. I'm probably going to record some more shit after this podcast, but yeah, it's going to be crazy. You have a title for it? I think I'm going to call it Elegance. My music's pretty. My music's like... I don't know. You want to show you want to show your girlfriend's parents my music? You can. It's not like I'm out here saying fuck this bitch, fuck that. I'm gonna jug your mom, rob your house, burn some woods, fuck your bitch. Nah, man. I'm talking about my heart getting broken and falling in love. Shit. So I don't know. I'll be fucking with that shit. Well, like I said countless times, man, your music is so relatable. And whether the listener be a grandma or myself, we can all relate to it in some way, and I respect that. Well, Memphis, thank you so much for coming on, man. I really, really appreciate it. Guys, follow Memphis on Twitter at MXMPHY. Be sure to check out Heartbreak Music. Be on the lookout for his latest and upcoming release in Elegance. Follow Nick and I on SoundCloud, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Back Hip Hop. Thank you so much for listening. Peace out.